The Chef Naz Podcast begins now. Welcome to the Chef Naz Podcast. I'm Joe and I'm your host today. And with me, I have Pastor Rob Paul and Rabbi Howard Silverman. And we have a special episode today uh, in light of what's been going on in Israel and the conflict in the Gaza region. We want to talk about what's been going on and Many times the things that we're hearing in the media uh, don't line up with what we know to be true. And so we wanted to get some insights uh, from Rabbi Howard because he's got, uh, well, definitely a different perspective maybe than some other people do in the world. And uh, we're eager to hear from him. So first of all, uh, welcome, Rabbi. Thank you so much. It's great to be uh, with you here today. And we just want to, first of all, maybe get to know you a little bit. So if you could uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, where where you're from, and that kind of thing. Great. Thanks so much. Yes, uh, I am a Jewish believer uh, in Jesus, and I was raised in upstate New York, in Albany, New York, in a traditional Jewish uh, family. Uh, from a wonderful Jewish uh, family. In other words, uh, uh, I wasn't searching for anything, didn't have a bad experience and needed to, you know, leave my culture and people mm-hmm. or anything like that. A very boring, normal upbringing. <laughs> I, but when I was in college, I was challenged uh, with the claims of Jesus. Uh, and, uh, and of course, uh, God knows how every, every person needs to hear it, right? right. So yep. <clears throat> I heard it from a young lady that I was a, a dating, and she said to me, a Jewish girl, and she said to me, Howard, did you ever hear of Jewish people that believe in Jesus? And I said, you know, that is the most disgusting thing I ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. You know, why would I want to give up my culture, my heritage, my tradition in, in order to worship a man or the God of the Gentiles, you know? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, with all the boldness that she could muster up, she said, well, uh, I'm a Jewish uh, believer in, in Jesus. So I told her where the nearest behavioral health facility uh, was <laughs> and uh, went home. And then I thought about it and thought, well, you know, why ruin a nice relationship over religion, right? <laughs> sure. So right. Uh, to make a long story short, uh, she uh, shared the gospel with me, introduced me to other people. Uh, I have a lot of great little anecdotal stories that go with that. Uh, <laughs> but finally, uh, I uh, was laying in bed one night and I and I said, God, you know, I can't stand this anymore. If Jesus is the Messiah, I need to know. I, I want to believe it. But if he's not, I don't want to have anything to do with this. And and, you know, I just knew in that moment that I kind of like moved from point A to point B, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you know, and received the Lord into my life. And that was many years ago. That was in 1976. Uh-huh. Uh, and, um, you know, God has uh, blessed me in wonderful ways. I've been in um, full-time ministry since 1980, uh, serving in a variety of capacities. And for the last 30-plus years, I have been the uh, spiritual leader, the rabbi, uh, at uh, Beth Messiah Congregation, mm-hmm. uh, not too far away from here, just up the street mm-hmm. uh, on a Morse Road uh, right near Hamilton. Uh, and uh, we are a Messianic Jewish congregation. That means we are a congregation of Jewish and non-Jewish people who believe that Jesus is the Messiah and we worship in a Jewish cultural way. Okay. Uh, so therefore, like our services would be on Shabbat, we would say, on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we uh, follow a, a somewhat of a, 
a, a traditional form of service, uh, a Jewish uh, service. But uh, clearly, you know, we sing worship songs and mm-hmm. um, our prayer and message all are tailored uh, as Messiah followers, as believers. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and, um, and that's kind of who we are. Wonderful. Um, now, you said that you're in, in the church, uh, Beth Messiah, correct? Uh, Beth Messiah Congregation. Okay. Yes. And uh, there you've got believers that are both Jewish uh, by, oh, yes. by tradition and, and non-Jewish by tradition. Um, and we come to this point in our, in our culture right now where for whatever reason, uh, we see some, some lines being drawn. And um, we have seen just recently on October 7th this unprovoked attack um, and where we have these militant terrorists uh, that are that are attacking Israel, and now Israel is faced with the necessity to respond. Um, and in the process of doing that, we're seeing people around the world reacting in a lot of different ways, uh, some of which is is kind of scary. Um, I guess for to give us some context, if you could, if you would speak a little bit to why, why, what is the struggle in the Middle East to begin with? What, what is the struggle between uh, the Jews and the other um, surrounding countries? And, and what, how did this all come about to this time? Great. That's very important. I really appreciate that question. So a little bit of a historical uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, uh, we know that Israel is the Holy Land, uh, sure. right? Uh, the land of the Jewish people in, in the Bible, right? And we know that um, uh, there was an exile, uh, two exiles in, in a way. We know the Babylonian exile from our Bible study mm-hmm. and Bible history, and we know the Jewish people came back, and then we know that after the time of Jesus, after the uh, resurrection and and so on, and around the year 70 A.D., I, uh, the Jewish people were exiled again uh, from the land, mm-hmm. okay, and uh, scattered abroad. Yet there was always a remnant of, of people in the land that was never absent of Jewish people. Um, but I would say that perhaps... Um, Maybe in the um, Middle Ages, uh, you had uh, enclaves of uh, Jewish people, Jewish communities in the land. And this continued all the way uh, up through the Ottoman Empire. you got to know a little bit about world history here, <laughs> right? Uh, and, uh, and so by the time you get to the 1800s, uh, there were enclaves of Jewish people. They weren't, it was not a, it was not a, um, a country. Mm-hmm. But settlements of of Jews mm-hmm. in the land, uh, and uh, and then around the time of the uh, turn of the twentieth century, uh, in Europe uh, there were a series of what what are called pogroms, uh, which uh, were national uh, anti Jewish movements. Uh, where uh, Jews would be pillaged, you know, uh, just like you see in Fiddler on the Roof, if you've mm-hmm, ever seen sure. the movie, you know, what, what the Cossacks came and, and, you know, did in their little village. 
Uh, that happened all over Europe. And, and so uh, there was a movement called Zionism uh, that believed that the only solution is for us to go back to Israel. Mm. And to and, okay. you know, and to have our our ancient homeland, right? Mm-hmm. So Jewish people began returning, began returning, and uh, uh, and set you know additional settlements and so on. So to make a a long story a little shorter, well, you're doing pretty good uh, since okay. you're covering a couple Ooh. thousand years. <laughs> yeah. We we yeah. move we move up uh, to uh, the end of World War One. Okay? okay, by the end of World War One, now the British uh, are in control of uh, what was called Palestine. Okay, now the land, the whole land, was called Palestine. Everybody that lived there were called Palestinians. Mm-hmm. Jews and Arabs were both called Palestinians because they lived in this mm-hmm. land called Palestine. Okay, uh, and uh, and and so. The British uh, actually issued a uh, a paper called the Balfour Declaration uh, that said that the Jewish people, you know, need a homeland here, and that the goal should be this this homeland. So years go by, and there were ups and downs, and so on and so forth, and there there were uh, issues between the Arabs and the Jews in the land. Mm-hmm. Uh, local issues and skirmishes and, and things of that nature. And so you, you had th- this issue between, uh, you know, all of the people who were living in the land. So the British uh, ultimately decided that they can't solve this. And so they, they came to the newly formed United Nations okay. at the end of World War, after World War II, right? Uh, and uh, uh, and uh, basically said, we are leaving. We're leaving the area and you can solve the problem of the Arabs and the Jews in this land. Wow. Okay, and so they came up with a, a there, there was a solution in 1947. It was called the Partition Plan. The Partition Plan. The Partition Plan was a portion, and a pretty small portion would be called Israel, and the rest of it would be Palestine. Okay, okay. The Jews accepted this. Said yes, let's do it. The Arabs did not want. A Jewish state in in the land, and so said they said so they no. Didn't, they didn't want any. They did not want any Jews in the land. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's very important to remember in this whole story. Sure. Okay, uh, and, and so uh, with the um, the British left on May fourteenth, nineteen forty eight. Okay, that same day, Israel declared itself that in that land that the what had been Israel's portion of that partition plan forget about what everybody else is doing we're establishing a state it's called the state of Israel okay mm. we're a country today right. we're a country today well within hours every single surrounding nation attacked this Israel that had no standing army by the way mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah uh, and uh, miraculously there's no other way to explain it miraculously uh, they were they won the, war, the, the their war of independence. Okay, so from 1948 to uh, 1967, uh, you had uh, Israel in in uh, in this land, uh, and the uh, what is called today the the Gaza Strip mm-hmm. that was part of Egypt it was part of Egypt, and what's called the West Bank, mm-hmm. right, uh, was part of Jordan. Okay, so there was there was no like land of Palestine, mm-hmm. right? It was Egypt and Jordan. 
in um, maybe you've heard of it the the uh, the Six Day War, sure, nineteen sixty seven. Again, <laughs> every every nation ar- around Israel, uh, um, and you know, entered into a conflict with Israel in six days. <laughs> Israel won this war again. May I suggest? Uh, you know, from the heavenly point of view, right. that uh, this was a miracle. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, in six days, defeated all all of those armies and gained these two territories, the Gaza Strip and what became known as what and the West Bank. Mm-hmm. Okay, Egypt never asked for the Gaza Strip back. Interestingly enough, <laughs> and Jordan never asked for the West Bank back. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so now Israel has these territories. And frankly, I don't think Israel has ever figured out exactly what, you know, what, what to do exactly with them. Mm-hmm. I, one thing I can tell you is, is that Israel has always desired to just live in peace with these neighbors, mm-hmm. whether it be an independent state, a territory, whatever it is, just, you know, live, live in peace. And, and that's certainly not the narrative no. that you hear. Right. And so, sure. so, so what brings us to now is, is that the leadership of these people has never been, I will t- has never been to let's figure out a way of peace. It's always been let's figure out a way to, ex- to send the Israelis into the Mediterranean Sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, has, that has always been the agenda. Uh, that was Yasser Arafat's agenda, if you remember him. Yeah, sure, I do. And that is Hamas's uh, agenda. I'm not so sure anymore about the Palestinian Authority, but I can tell you that Hamas, in their constitution, mm-hmm. is not only to destroy the land of Israel, but Jewish people everywhere. <laughs> you, you know, you know. Yeah. And, and so that that brings us to uh, to today. So um, uh, you have uh, people living. Uh, you know, in a situation that is very uncomfortable in the Gaza Strip. Uh, and I would suggest that the main reason, everything is complicated, right? Mm-hmm. The main reason is, is because the leadership in the Gaza Strip is, doesn't give the people living there, you know, all, all, that, they, uh, all that they need and, and require. Mm-hmm. Because their main objective is to uh, destroy uh, Israel. And so by going in, should I keep going or do you want to well, jump in? I was going to ask ahead. you a question. <laughs> Please. Um, because uh, some of the things that you're rattling off, I know these are like almost buzzwords that we hear these days. And I was just wondering if you would speak to a moment uh, for, um, say, for example, the the different groups that, okay. that are in this discussion. Oh, okay. we, we hear about Hezbollah. We yes. hear about Hamas. Okay. We hear about the Palestinians. We hear about the Israelis. Okay. And and we have at least those four people groups or sects or uh, organizations. Okay. And when you speak of the like the Palestinian Authority as opposed to when you mention the Hamas Constitution, okay. like how do those different entities and these groups and these sects how how do they play together or not, okay. and and what are they, if, if you could? Yep, thank you. So the Israelis are the Jewish people in Israel, right? Mm-hmm. The Palestinians are the people who live in these uh, territories, in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, okay? 
Uh, the uh, Palestinian Authority uh, is the ruling body of the West Bank. Okay, mm-hmm. they are the uh, they used it used to be called the Palestine Liberation Organization. Mm-hmm. Yep, right. The, the PLO. Uh, PLO. Yeah, I remember that. Right. Okay. Uh, and so uh, that now they're called the Palestinian Authority, and they are the ruling body in the uh, West Bank. They are more of a secular ruling body, not so much a, an Islamic uh, religious ruling body. They're Islamic, but, but they're kind of a secular ruling body. Okay? Uh, and, and they have somewhat of a relationship with, with Israel. You know, it's a little tenuous, but mm-hmm. they're trying to make life better, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, Hamas is the ruling body in the Gaza Strip. Okay? The Gaza Strip is a little strip of land, mm-hmm. okay, that is located south of Tel Aviv. Okay? So just like in the Bible, you know, the, the Philistine cities? Right. Right? right. Gaza, Ashkelon, Ashdod, and Jaffa. Okay? So Ashkelon, Ashdod, and Jaffa are in Israel, are part of the state of Israel. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, strip called the Gaza Strip is like Gaza, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then south of the Gaza Strip is called the Sinai, the Sinai Desert. And mm-hmm. that's Egypt. That's part, sure. all part of Egypt. Okay. Um, and so uh, Hamas came into being in the 1980s as kind of like a, an Islamic militant uh, organization uh, bent on the destruction of the Jewish people. Um, you know, for the pa- for the purpose of uh, a land of Palestine, okay, uh, and so the so Hamas and the Palestinian Authority don't don't get along. They kind of you know the big picture they're right. they're for the Palestinian people and so on. Okay, so you have that Hezbollah is located in Lebanon, Lebanon. They are an arm of the country of Iran, okay. Hmm. Uh, and so we could say that Lebanon has just been co-opted <laughs> right <laughs> you know right. Kind of like by Iran and this mm-hmm. this another militant organization Hezbollah very powerful by the way more powerful than Hamas um, is Hezbollah uh, mm-hmm. and so that's so when you hear about the northern border of Israel and Hezbollah they're in Lebanon okay 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 mm-hmm. uh, now there's another group that is in the news today called the uh, Islamic Jihad, Palestinian mm-hmm. Islamic Jihad. Mm-hmm. They are another militant group that is also located in Gaza uh, that they have some differences with Hamas. They're kind of competing militant groups, but evidently they kind of work together in mm-hmm. events such as this. Uh, and, and so you have these uh, Islamic militant groups. You have the Palestinian Authority, a secular ruling authority, and then you have Israel. So it's the enemy, my enemy is my friend. Yeah, right, kind uh, of. As long as everybody's against Israel, right. we may differ on other things, but we right. can all agree on yeah, that. So unif- Israel hmm. is the unifying factor of, uh, <laughs> of, of everybody <laughs> of ar- around them. Wow. Right. And so uh, this event that uh, uh, took place on uh, October the 7th uh, was a way for Hamas you know, not only Hamas, but everybody that that kind of understands Israel knew exactly how this was going to play out. That um, Hamas uh, created a situation that the Jewish people have not seen since the end of World War II. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and I'm sure uh, your, you know, your listeners and viewers have seen horrific uh, photos and heard mm-hmm. the stories of the hostages, men, women, and children, and the uh, the uh, terrible brutality that that surprised everybody. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. So to Jewish people and to Israeli people, it's we, there's a phrase. It's called "never again." Like, never again is this going to happen to us, this kind of brutality mm-hmm. going to happen to us. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so here, here it comes. And so to, to Israel, which is a tiny country, uh, you know, uh, the, I'm not sure exactly what the ratio of the, the amount of people that died to the, to the population of the country uh, versus the United States at 9-11, Mm-hmm. Right. right, but it's like ten times. Oh, I'm uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you know, uh, and uh, and everybody knows somebody that right. either got killed, you know, was slaughtered, or is uh, held hostage, and who knows what's going what's going to happen to them. Uh, and so uh, the entire country of Israel is mobilized, and 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 they're the way they've operated with these groups has always been like containment. You know, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to settle it down. We're going to send them back a few years. But now it's like enough is enough. We can't live this way. Israel is a sovereign nation. You can't have people coming into your borders and simply murdering people, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, and uh, we would say from our perspective, there's somewhat of a double standard, that if that happened here, for sure we would unleash uh, you know, yeah. tremendous weaponry on whoever it was, which we did, by the way. Right, we have. Right? right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, of course, we felt very justified. We're a sovereign nation. And so we began bombing uh, Afghanistan uh, and mm-hmm. Iraq. Uh, right? And uh, uh, and so when Israel does it, uh, Israel now is the, now is the culprit right. uh, and mm-hmm. is overreacting or uh, indiscriminately killing people. And I can tell you that from the Israeli point of view, in the soul of Israel, when innocent people die, it's absolutely gut-wrenching to, to Israel. We're going to leave it there for today's episode, but we encourage you to come back tomorrow for the conclusion of our conversation with Rabbi Silverman. We hope that this commitment to prayer will be your next step toward Jesus. If you would like to contact us, email podcast at shepnaz.org. We also encourage you to follow Shepherd on social media, our website, and mobile app. During yesterday's services, you heard Pastor Rob give a challenge to pray for the Israeli hostages. You can find an updated list of these names through the Fellowship of Israel-Related Ministries. The web address is firmisrael.org slash name. We'll leave you today with a challenge from that organization. As we heard all the news coming out of Israel this last week, it could be easy to ask God, where are you? Where were you? Over a thousand people were killed ruthlessly in the streets, men, women, children, elderly. And this is not a new question. In fact, the prophet Isaiah asked this question. He says in Isaiah 49 that Zion says, am I forsaken? Am I forgotten by God? And he then goes on to say, can a woman forget her nursing child? Can she have not compassion on the son of her womb? 
He says, surely even these may forget, but I will not forget you. Israel, I've inscribed you on the palms of my hand. You are not forgotten, you are not forsaken. And so as we have so many Christians around the world that are praying for Israel right now, we wanna challenge you, the global church, to pray for Israel by name. Just as the names of the children of Israel are inscribed on the palms of God's hands, we wanna inscribe the names of these over 100 hostages on our hands. There's over 100 hostages right now in Gaza, children, women, men, and elderly, and we wanna see God free the captive, release the prison chains, and rescue those that are currently in oppression. They're facing the darkest season of their lives. And so we're asking, would you write the name of one of these hostages on the palm of your hand as a reminder to ourselves that they are not forgotten, that we remember their name and they are remembered by God. They're inscribed on the palm of God's hand. We've already heard one miracle of a woman that's escaped and was able to return back to Israel. We're believing God for miraculous rescue, for a miraculous saving of lives. And we're gonna do that by praying for Israel by name. So I wanna challenge you. I wanna challenge your church. I wanna challenge your faith community. Would you write the name of one of the hostages on your hand using a black marker and post a photo or a video of you praying for that individual? And would you use it as a reminder throughout the day? When you look down at your hand, we're praying, we're remembering them because they are known by God, they're remembered by God, and they are not forgotten. We wanna see a movement of a million Christians around the world that are praying for Israel by name. Will you join us? This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.